Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 147. My name is Matt Sin. I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol. Hello. And my little brother, Micah. Say hi, hi Micah. Micah. You uh, did it! Do it! Beat you to it. Doesn't matter, it still happened. Okay. Is it, is it, was it my, is that my Christmas present? There you go. Merry Christmas. That's yeah. all you're getting. Thanks. So we, uh, we actually have all been on vacation, uh, Kyle included, uh, away from our computers. That's why we haven't had a whole lot of episodes lately. Um, but we're here to talk about the celebration of life of Brody Lee, uh, yeah. which we were, the, the three of us and Riley were able to watch together. Um, and so we're not going to do this day in wrestling history. And of course, I'm sure it'll be impossible for us not to be goofy. So I'm sure at some point we'll be a little goofy, but, uh, we just, we wanted to, to recap it. We're, we're not going to review it. Um, although I will say that I think all three of us would probably give it an A plus just because it was an amazing testimony to the, the kind life that John Huber lived. Um, yeah. but this is more informational for those of you that weren't able to see it. Uh, and if you haven't seen it yet, pause this real quick, go watch it on the TNT app or on fight TV, and then come back and, uh, we'll tell you what we think about it. Yeah. So we, we definitely, like, even though we weren't here yeah. all together, like you couldn't, we couldn't overlook this episode. This was such a, an important piece of wrestling history. Right. Um, and such an important time for all of us. And, and it's, it's, crazy to see the outpouring for Brody Lee. I haven't seen anything like it since Eddie. Uh, and this is even more so really yeah. than Eddie, a guy that was so universally liked at yeah. such a young age being taken, unfortunately. But yeah, we definitely couldn't overlook it. So we're, we're here to bring that to you. And yeah, like Matthew said, that what a great episode. I mean, yeah, they did the, I don't see how they could have done anything better. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So the show opened with a 10 bell salute. Um, to add a little bit of comedy after the ninth bell, uh, some people in the crowd started chanting Brody because they were unable to count. Because <laughs> it, so I'm like, Bill. No, it's, too, it's too early, too early, guys. Yeah, uh, but uh, they are Jason they Mendoza from a good from the good place. <laughs> well, they were trying to be respectful, yeah. but at the same time, they totally screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> it was it, it was it was a little funny, but again, Brody. They had the whole there. roster out there. I mean, yeah. everybody was. They Brody had probably Lee's what 150 up. people on the, on the rampway. It looked like there's a ton of them. Like I'm looking at a picture right here and. Everyone and their mom. It wasn't just the roster. Like, everybody yeah. was out there. It and not crazy. a dry eye in the place. No. no. Not at all. No. And it, and it would stay that way for the rest of the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, the, the, we moved right into Mox. Uh, and again, I, I'm not going to go over all of the, the things, the kind things that people said about him. Because the reality is, there's just too much. Everything is super great. Uh, all of this stuff is on AEW's YouTube. So I'd strongly recommend checking that out, including some videos that weren't on Dynamite because there yeah. were too many people that wanted to say something about him. So it was really great. Yeah, also worth mentioning, for those that don't know, um, I'm sure by now you've, you've figured it out, but Brody Lee did pass away. Um, if you don't know the details of it, all we know, uh, released from his wife, is that he passed away from a non-COVID-related lung issue. That's right. why he's been away from AEW for so long. Um, from what I understand, he was in the Mayo Clinic for yeah. quite a bit of time. And, uh, yeah, it's a terrible tragedy, but I just wanted to kind of fill everybody in. If maybe you're confused, um, right. don't, don't keep up with social media. Yeah, that, that did happen, unfortunately. Um, yeah. that's, that's Just all the case. details we know. And unlike right. some people, we're not going to bash the family 
uh, looking to you. Was it Bruce Mitchell? Screw that guy. I don't remember. He got fired. Yeah, he got fired. His Twitter got removed. Uh, so if you're listening, Bruce, screw you. Yeah. What and uh, everything that happened to you, you deserved. So. Yeah. Unfortunately. But you know what? Yeah. You don't want to see no one lose their job. But the reality is he couldn't keep the job. After I that. wanted to see him lose his job. Yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, he was uh, he was throwing his like the Brody Lee's wife under the bus. Just a terrible, yeah. terrible person. Idiot. He's an idiot. Uh, Cole Cabana and the Young Bucks are wrestling Matt Hardy and Private Party in our first match. It was mentioned at the beginning of the show by I believe Jim Ross that members of the Dark Order are tagging with the fan favorites tonight, um, and the fan favorites are looking past what you know. The, their their general feud with the Dark Order in respect for Brody Lee. So there's your kayfabe reason yeah. for all this stuff happening. Yeah, they kind of uh, tried to kayfabe a little bit, but they really weren't yeah. putting a big emphasis on it, which is no, right. not the right decision. Yeah. yeah, not at all. Uh, Colt Cabana comes out first with the members of the Dark Order, uh, crying his eyes out because yeah. Colt Cabana is a big teddy bear. Yeah. And uh, you want to tell us a little bit about this? Uh, and uh, frankly, I mean... Pretty much everybody we saw, particularly right. from the Dark Order, you see on their faces the strain to kind of hold it together so they can get through, right? You know the show and and everything. And it's just it. What has blown me away about all of this, about this, the totality of the show and and all the social media posts is how well loved this man was, right? Um, and that the show just really spoke to that, right? I don't think. And I mean, I'll, I'll save some of these comments for later, but th- this is just just to start us off with that impression that this was somebody that was loved and respected and they wanted to put on a good um, farewell salute. And, and they, they started off with a bang and they, yeah. they did that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everybody worked their butt off yeah. for sure on did. this night, for sure. Definitely putting out their best effort. I mean, Cole Cabana during this match did a lot of stuff I've never seen him do before. Right. Man, what a terrific athlete. Um the whole match really was great. The whole show. Yeah. Uh, also worth mentioning, Jericho was on commentary, which I think oh, yeah. Carol pointed out was a great decision because right. uh, I don't know because he, he he I want to I don't want to say like he was like comedic, but I feel like he took away a little bit of the the doom and gloom of the show because he is kind of right. over the top and uh, yeah you know, he was kind of like a like a familiar face there on commentary. Uh, taking your mind off of things, really. Uncle Jericho taking care Bringing of Bringing in a little yeah. bit of levity that's that's needed, and it, and it was done so tastefully, yeah. I think. I felt like. Right. Yeah, great decision, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but this match was really good. Again, we're not going to go into actual specifics, but there was a part here. This show was amazing because they did a really good job of keeping it as a wrestling show and even, you know, harking, harkening back to storylines, continuing storylines. Uh, so the Matt party, Matt Hardy private party thing where they're obviously moving towards a breakup toward the end of this match, Matt Hardy grabs a chair and he wants Mark Quinn to use it with the referee's back turned, uh, to which Rick, which Chris Jericho calls Rick Knox an idiot, which is hilarious. Um, and Mark, Quinn you clearly see the chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mark Quinn won't do it, and not maybe not necessarily because of that, but because he didn't take advantage during that time, uh, he gets pinned. And with Colt the Cabana, the Superman pin, yeah, the Superman pin, and Colt Cabana and the Young Bucks win this match. And spoiler alert: this whole show was about good guys overcoming bad guys. 
uh, the Dark Order, every match they're, they're in, they're going to win. Yeah. So I know that's a little bit of a spoiler, but the reality is, like, we talked about this before the show started. Yeah. We're like, there's no way they lose, any yeah. of the Dark Order guys lose their matches, right? And the answer no was way. no. That was, yeah. it was, Which is the right decision. We needed, yeah. we needed a night where the good guys won, which is crazy. The Dark Order, the, the Dark Cult is the good guys now, but right. I mean, they're definitely going babyface after all of this. I mean, they've been babyface for months now on BTE. Right. I think the reality is, too, that because of BTE, it was a little easier to make them the good guys because they're so well-loved. And not all of them, but a good portion of AEW's fan base either watch BTE or are at least familiar with BTE and how the characters are portrayed on that show. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there are a couple members that are still kind of scary, like Anna Jay, for instance. Uh, But, I mean, you look at John Silver and Uno. And they're yeah. just yeah. they're just they're just funny guys. I mean, it's goofballs. They're just goofballs, and they they don't have any kind of uh, I don't know uh, scariness to them really right. anymore. And I don't feel like they're trying to do that. So yeah, we're definitely gonna see a a full face turn here. Yeah. After this match is over, the acclaim come out, and Max Ooh. Caster, he's like, I got something to say about the Dark Order. But SCU comes out, tosses him in the ring. The Young Bucks hit him with super kicks. And then the Cocobana hits him with his finisher, with the boom boom drop, I guess is what it's called. Um, yeah, and so the good guys stand tall as Cocobana is still crying his eyes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the uh, the best the you be acclaimed I've ever seen. Yes. Yeah. They come out and you shut them up immediately. <laughs> this was brilliant because we all cringed a little because we right. all thought, yeah. oh no, what are they going to let them say <laughs> yeah. on this tribute show? But nothing, and it was great and. And again, like you said, Dark Order stands tall and everything's good. So yeah. they keep going. Yeah, and it's impossible to keep track of all of them, but there were so many little callbacks in all of these matches, the people doing Brody's signature and uh, finishers. It was just it was just so good. Was yeah. So good. Um, after that, we had Darby Allen, and he had something <clears throat> kind to say about Brody Lee. Um, then we have a six-man tag with the Butchers of the Blade and Eddie Kingston with Allie, uh, wrestling Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Lance Archer. Um, before the match started, Eddie Kingston, who is a very close friend of Brody Lee and former tag team partner, says, Brody, I love you and I miss you, but let's be real. The Dark Order, you guys are nothing without him, and we're going to prove it. And so they come to the ring. It was, it was, it was really good. Um... And basically, they, they just got the crap kicked out of them for seven to ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, Lance Archer was dressed as Luke Harper. Yeah, he came out with the really dirty cool. tank top and the jeans and the, sc- yep. and mm-hmm. the bandana in the back pocket. He did the pose and everything. Yeah. I thought that was a great uh, little nod to him. Yeah, it's terrific. Um, but Eddie Kingston basically played the guy that got his butt whooped the entire match. Um, and there was one point where Archer, Uno, and Grayson were all like surrounding him. It was It was a really cool little look. Uh, and again, all these matches were just terrific. I mean, they were every single one, every single person on this card is there to honor their fallen friend. And they put in 110% of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, after the match is over, uh, they beat up Eddie Kingston some more. And then we get like a little video of uh, Brody Lee and all his family. Oh, before that, I forgot to mention, they, they beat up Eddie Kingston, but uh, no one did the three of them beat up Eddie Kingston. But Jake Roberts knocks out Eddie Kingston with a clothesline. It was 
his oh, twirl right. line yeah. was great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know Eddie Kingston was just lying there just smiling ear to ear. He's got clotheslined by Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you had a video um, with Bryce Rimsburg and a couple other people giving memories of Brody Lee. Um, but the most important line from Bryce Rimsburg is if it's if there was a Mount Rushmore of wrestling dads, I think Brody Lee should be there. And I think that says a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, everything, right? everything I've ever seen about him, the one thing everybody says is, man, he loved his kids. Man, he loved yeah. his wife. Every show, he's not sticking around and screwing around talking to anybody. He's gone. He's driving home. If, if a plane takes him an extra hour, he's driving instead. So, I mean, right. obviously, he really cared about his family. So. It's really cool because you always hear everyone said, you know, he, he just, this was, he loved what he did, but it was a job. And, but his, his, his work wasn't his life. His life were his family. Yeah. So. And I mean, you've heard members of the Dark Order talking about it too. Like they, like Ifa Luna specifically saying he struggled like coming in with a lot of anxiety because people didn't really like him and they're supposed to be this big act and people were calling him fat and then this and that and saying they didn't look like they were actually a threat. And uh, he said, so he'd go home and he'd have like anxiety attacks and all this worrying about it. And he sat down with uh, Brody Lee and he was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And he said he knew he was somebody he could talk to and not like worry about him running off and using it to politic in the back or anything. Right. And he sat him down. And he's like, look, man, uh, are you, are you liking what you're doing? He's like, yeah, I like what I do. He said, does, does Tony Khan like what you're doing? He's like, yeah, I think so. He said, okay, I'm going to go home and stop worrying about it. He said, go home be with your family and shut work off. I mean, you yeah. can't sit here and worry about what everybody's thinking. Go home and leave work behind. Work is secondary. You can never get another family. That's what's important. And to see him like talk about like, you know, you hear people say, yeah, he was a great guy. He was a great family. But this is an exact instance of right. how he helped him out. So that's I just, really cool. Uh, I haven't heard that story. Yeah. That was on the, uh, the Jericho podcast, I believe. They had a Jericho uh, had a tribute two hour long uh, Brody Lee podcast on it. It's awesome. So, yeah, a lot of great stories like that about him. Hmm. So the Inner Circle was out next. MGF with Santana and Ortiz. MGF wearing a Puerto Rican flag on his tights. Really interesting. And a bandana. Proud and yeah. powerful bandana. And the bandana. Uh, and they're going up against the good, the bad, and the hungry. That's right. With Hangman Page, Alex Reynolds, John Silver. John Silver, of course, wearing his Brody Lee inspired gear. Um. This was cool. Just I don't know if you guys caught this, but just a couple small things by Paige. Um, when the Dark Order came out, he tapped them and let them go to the ring first, which is not common because Hangman is the bigger star. Yeah. So usually the bigger star goes to the ring first. Um, he also cut his music, really. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just a nice little, little nod. Um, honey, I want to know what your opinion is of this. It, there, I know what your opinion is now, but at the time... Uh, there was a point in this match where MJF, I guess we should note that Brody Lee Jr., uh, Brody's, I believe, eight-year-old son, was outside of the ring uh, with Alan Angels sitting beside him the entire time. Yeah. Um, and there was a spot in this match where MJF came out and yells at the child. And I'm like, wait, should we, should we be doing this? What, what did you think during this? So time? at this point in the, in the show, I think I had faith that AEW was handling this well right. and handling it the way the family wanted it handled. And so I assumed that this was all up front with the family. Yeah. 
And we, we've also been told that this kid lives and breathes wrestling. Right. So I'm sure he was having a time of his life. Right. Um, so I had faith at this point that it was all going to work out. And I assumed, I actually thought at that time, well, the kid's going to get, he's going to get a chance to, yeah. to uh, you know, get, get something back on MJF. So right. there's going to be some payback. So I actually, I was okay with it because I, I, I actually thought, I had a moment where I thought, well, I don't, hmm. And then I thought, well, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's all fine. Right. I'm sure it's all fine. Okay. Yeah. So. I, uh, I definitely didn't have any fears about it. And, and I know just like, like you said, I'm sure after all this or right before this, him and MJF were probably like having a great time in the back. Right. And afterwards they probably went back there and played some no mercy or something <laughs> uh, on the post show interview. Uh, Cody came in to talk to, to Tony Schiavone about Brody and everything. They did a, a, an interview after the show. And he's got a walkie-talkie, and he's, like, calling. It's, like, supposedly Brody Lee has the other half, the other walkie-talkie. And yeah. so he, like, calls in, and Darby picks up. And he's like, hey, man, he's playing No Mercy. Um, I'll get back <laughs> with you. And Cody's like, this kid just big-leagued me. Like, I'm Cody Rhodes trying to get him on an interview here, and the kid's big-leaguing me. And he ends up getting him on there, and he's like, all right, man, I'll come back and play some No Mercy with you after this interview. <laughs> so, you know, they're all just kicking it back, having a great time. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So what's great about that is MGF comes out again. He he is he leaves the ring again. He grabs Brotherly Jr.'s mask. And Brotherly Jr. clocks him over the head with a uh kendo stick. Yeah, it was yeah. great. So MGF not only yelled at the child, but he immediately got his comeuppance, which is the theme of the night. Really. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and it was And he sold like crazy for him. He sure did. And yeah. he kind of leaned down, kind of leans into it. Right. You know, because the kid's a little kid. You right. Know? And it was just great. That was great. It was super great. Kid loved uh, it. He was smiling ear to ear. Yeah. 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 So. At the end of this match, and it is something we need to point out, is Wardlow came in uh, to interfere, but he was, uh, John Silver and Hangman Page and Alex Reynolds were saved by none other than Eric Rowan. Redbeard. Eric Redbeard now. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jericho might have screwed that up a couple times. Excalibur consistently corrected him. Yeah, yeah. Jericho was like, Eric Rowan, Redbeard. Eric Rowan, Redbeard. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was really good. But uh, after the match is over, John Silver got the pinfall, uh, immediately rolls over and puts his face in the mat with his hands over his head as he is bawling, crying. Uh, he gets a big hug from Alex Reynolds, who... They are legitimate best friends. Uh, big hug from Adam Page. And, of course, Eric Rowan, uh, who is a gigantic man, who in the picture I'm looking at right now kind of looks like he's John Silver's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Both bald with a, with a big beard. Yeah. But he's, like, standing over him, and he's holding a big sign that says, Goodbye for now, my brother. See you down the road. Which, see you down the road is what Brody sent Eric uh, when he was released from the WWE. So uh, it was a nice little touch. Yeah, worth mentioning that John Silver won with the discus lariat. Right. So right. Uh, we get an Eddie Kingston testimonial, um, and it was really smart to do this after he already was, you know, played the heel earlier in the show, because the reality is, if this would have come on first, Eddie would probably gotten the biggest pop of the night. Right. So it was very emotional, and of course, Eddie Kingston has no problem talking, but it was really, really great. And he specifically pointed out to Brody's children that, you know, your dad's not gone as long as you remember him and you remember what he taught you, he'll never be gone. And it was just a nice little 
it, it was really great. Yes, very genuine. I mean, he spoke straight, and he he uh, no posturing, no Eddie Kingston. This right. was this was the man right. speaking to you know to us about this. Yeah, it's very cool. Very good. Uh, and can we talk about how great this women's tag team match was? Yeah, I don't think we really talked about very, it much when we were together. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Britt Baker and Penelope Ford with Rebel and Kip Sabian and Miro. Uh, versus Anna Jay and Ty Conti. This match was also great. Um, Anna Jay also got emotional in this match, but I mean, of co- what are you going to do? Every time the Dark Order came out in their entrance, the rest of the Dark Order came with them, which is generally something that they do, but they were all crying through the whole show. I mean, Cole Cabana opened the show bawling like a baby, and after the main event when he came out, with Preston Vance, he's still crying and you know, everyone's just very emotional. Uh, this match was terrific. Of course, Anna Jay gets the pin on Penelope Ford. Actually, I think she made a tap to the queen slayer. Yeah. Um, and then Britt Baker's mad. She calls Tony Schiavone up and she says that this is rigged. This match was rigged. Everything is rigged. It's just one big rig. And she gives a nice wink to the sky. Yep. She winks to the sky and, and, those of you who don't know, Big Rig is one of Brody's uh, characters or nicknames in the indies. Uh, it was it was really nice. But what was also really nice is Thunder Rosa came out and absolutely destroyed Britt Baker. Uh, Thunder Rosa was being held back. Britt Baker was not because she was on the ground in pain. It was it was a nice way to keep a storyline going on a show that is almost not canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really... Uh, I mean, it's still like it's. It was still a wrestling show. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like I don't know, like a fundraiser or something where you just have a bunch of matches at your local bingo hall or something. Uh-huh. Like it was still right. a wrestling show, but it was all revolved around remembering Brody Lee, which was a. I mean, bravo to to Tony Khan for his booking, and right. Brody Lee Junior. for his yeah. booking. Yeah, he man. Booked, yeah. He helped book the show. Yeah, he booked uh, the main event, which is. Uh, I mean. And apparently Tony Khan stayed up until like 2 a.m. the night before booking it all. Yeah. So hats off to them for sure. Um, just a great integration. Right. I think of a wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, Jericho's interview is next. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into too big detail because you guys can, you need to go watch these. But he did talk about how he wrestled Brody Lee 27 times in a row. Um, and he talked about how Brody was teaching him things and how smart he was, not wrestling-wise, just life-wise. Um, very good. They obviously cut Jericho's interview short. Um, hopefully they'll release the whole interview at some point. Most of these are around a minute and a half long. Uh, then next we get the negative one, who was Brody Lee Jr. We get the negative one dream match with his three favorite wrestlers, Cody Rhodes, Orange Cassidy, and Ten, which is Preston Vance. Versus Team Taz, Brian Cage, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Um, one of the things that I saw during this match, or before this match started, is when Ricky Starks came out, when he was doing his pose, instead of putting his hand all the way to his head, he slowly turned it and did the Dark Order pose up on the ramp, which I thought was really cool. It was a cool little spot that, um, honestly, I didn't even see live. I only saw when we went back and watched it. Um, uh, or, I'm sorry, I saw when I got on Reddit Squared Circle and someone mentioned it. It was a cool little spot. Yeah, I didn't didn't even notice that, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
Preston Vance got the pin here, which is really cool. Obviously, he is really, really close to Brody's family. I'm not sure how or why. I just know that they are. Um, this, again, uh, what can we really say about the match? I don't want to say the matches don't matter because they're very, very important. But they were just all spectacular. Mm -hmm. um, it was really interesting because at the beginning, uh, Ten wanted to tag at Orange Cassidy, and Orange wouldn't. And I'm not sure if, if that is forwarding a uh, storyline or if that is because he's just so lazy he didn't want to get into the ring. But uh, Preston Vance gets the win, pinning Ricky Starks. Um, after the match is over, he and Cody and Orange Cassidy get in the middle of the ring. Orange Cassidy lifts his hand up like he's doing the Dark Order pose, uh, but he doesn't do the Dark Order. He just kind of lets his wrists lay limp as Orange Cassidy does. Yeah, just too lazy to, to close the... The, the claw yeah uh, also he worth can't... mentioning i think jericho mentioned on commentary maybe jr yeah um a year ago january 1st we saw preston vance in a dark match teaming up with sean spears uh, right that match was never aired he was, he yeah, was that, much job, that the match never even aired right yeah this guy is still in wrestling school being trained by cody rhodes yep and, and Marshall. he just main evented dynamite and won with the pinfall Yep. So that's a pretty big nod to him. Uh, of course, it's the Brody Lee tribute show, but they thought enough about uh, about him to give him the pin here, and just to show how much he's grown, even with the injury he sustained in the middle there. Right. I thought he looked great in the match. He did. Um, he's one of Brody Junior's favorite wrestlers. Apparently, uh, he posted a bunch of pictures of him on in Brody Junior backstage playing games and and all that, and. Uh, he said that like one minute they're playing No Mercy and they're best friends, the next minute they're having an Iron Man match. So it seems like yeah. he's really uh, helping Brody Jr. along. So uh, all all the props to him in the world. So that's awesome. Yeah, I I really really like Preston Vance, and I think there's a lot coming for him. Yeah. After the match is over, um, Team Taz come out, and the lights go out. Darby comes out. The lights go out again. Sting comes out, and then Team Taz runs away. Um, they've been doing this a lot, but again, for this show, it was perfect and exactly what needed to happen. Um, you want the baby faces to stand tall the entire night. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I was totally okay with that. Oh, and Darby had uh, Brody Lee on his in his makeup on his face. Right. He had it, which he posted on Instagram a week ago. Um, but then for the show, he had it, it. He had changed his paint, his face paint for right for Brody. So that was cool. Yeah. So. After we get back from commercial, Cody's in the ring. He's got a microphone in his hand. Um, and he brings out Negative One, who's Brody Lee Jr. again. Uh, Amanda, who is John's wife. Um, and Ten, Preston Vance. I can't remember if the little little boy was out there or not. He's only like two years old. I don't think the little one was there. I don't there. think he was out there. Yeah, he was not. Yeah. Uh, Brody Jr. is carrying his dad's boots. Um, and he sits him in the middle of the ring. And Tony Khan comes out, and he says that um, Brody Lee Jr. is the permanent TNT champion, which is, it, it was powerful. Um, and he says that out of respect for his father, um, we are retiring the TNT championship belt. And it was powerful because... Brody Lee talked just what two months ago on the AEW yeah. Understood podcast that Brody Lee Jr. slept with that title every single night. 
Yeah. So Tony gave it to him, says it's retired. Uh, Darby is still the champion, but the TNT title is going to be completely redone. This version of the TNT title is done, and Brody Lee Jr. is the permanent TNT champion. Uh, it was, it was really, really great. Yeah, really, really was. And like, you hear the stories about Brody Lee and like when he won the TNT championship, he told Cody it was the best night of his life. And honestly, I think that moment in AEW is one of their best moments when Brody came out and just demolished oh, yeah. the entire Nightmare Family. Yeah. Just, just a hallmark of of AEW television. I, I one of my favorites for sure. And yeah. I'm not just saying that because Brody Lee unfortunately passed away. Like right. really, that's one of the Go most unexpected guys. Like we yeah. we praised it for. It was minutes. one of the most unexpected, yeah. out of the blue, just best things I've seen in wrestling. Right. And. He said the first thing you want to do is get home and show his son the belt. And right. now his son has that belt forever. Yeah. Um, he's got a contract. He's got an AEW contract. I don't know if you mentioned that. Tony Khan has said when he reaches age, he's got a contract. He's he's a registered AEW roster member. So, I mean, the, the things they're doing for this family, I think, is, is fantastic. Uh, Lance Archer said yesterday that he doesn't care if he ever wrestles again. Uh, in AEW, he said he'll never leave because of what they did for John Huber's family. He said he's never seen a company treat a family like the way that Tony Khan is treating him. He said yeah. if he never got to wrestle again, he would not sign with another company. So just, I mean, he yeah. they they uh, went above and beyond for sure. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And my take on on the situation with Little Brody is, you know, this just from what we've seen by the way that these the people of this company and the people that were close friends with his family are stepping in is this kid's not going to lack for, you know, aunts and uncles and father like yeah. figures, you know, there's always going to be somebody there. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The worth, show ended. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it's worth mentioning also on the other side, uh, you know, of course you had Alan angels on one side and Brody jr. On the other side, you had Brian Pillman jr. Right. Who went through this exact same thing. And yeah. at almost the same age, Brian Pillman Jr. lost his dad at seven. Wow. Yeah, and the same thing happened with him. He had all these aunts and uncles, yeah, uh, rallying behind him that really, really helped him out. So it, it's it's cool to see uh, that that I don't know if you saw the Instagram video that was Brian Pillman recording it, uh, yeah. where Brody Lee Jr. is like making Adam Cole tap out and making uh, making uh, who else was he wrestling back there? He destroyed the Dark Order with a kendo stick. The yeah. entire Dark Order with a kendo stick. I mean, I'm it, for sure. Top flight. They're definitely going to be doing. Yes, top flight. I was thinking of. They're definitely going to be doing something where Brody Junior is leading around the Dark Order, telling them oh, what yeah. to do. For yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. But even yeah. if it's just a one-off thing, I mean, I, yeah. I can't imagine that they'll have an eight-year-old as the leader permanently. But he'll get some cameos. Yeah. And... Or at the at the least on BTE. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that being a recurring BTE bit. One hundred percent. So, um, but the show ended with a in memory of. They had a lot of WWE stars in pictures because, of course, they can't use the the video. But they had a lot of WWE stars in pictures, including Bray Wyatt, Becky Lynch, and Drew McIntyre. Um, Bray was apparently his best wrestling friend. So, a lot of nice things, and of course, they showed a bunch of AEW stuff. They showed him winning the title. Um, and the show ended, one of the cool things about this is the song that was played, and I don't remember what it was, 
The song that was played, uh, Tony 055. Khan, yeah. By Tom Waits, maybe? Okay. Tony Khan just bought the rights, and he's like, this is mine now. Because yeah. if you know a lot of stuff about WWE Network, a lot of the old, a lot of times where they use special songs, like from Metallica or whoever, um, they can only use it for a certain amount of time. Yeah. So when they replay it, they play generic music, a generic version of the song, or just that superstar's interest music. Yeah, well, like uh, the Undertaker's uh, Johnny Cash intro. Right. WrestleManias, they Triple they dub over that. Yeah. Yeah, they don't do any of the DDP stuff um, because it was a blatant ripoff of Nirvana. So, you know, the Self-High Five is not on the WWE Network at all. So stuff like that. But Tony Khan bought the rights to this. So forever, that video will be up. It's not It's not timed. So he wanted to keep that memory of John Huber. I just, again, it's just another little thing that they've done that just proves that they're such a good, good company. So it's just really great. Um, we don't need to grade this, but I think we'll just go ahead and say it was an A triple plus. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, all joking aside, if we were to grade it, it was just so good. I mean, I, there's no negatives about this show. No. Again, it was very emotional. Um, it was one of those things that you enjoyed it so much, you're like, I wouldn't mind if they did that again. However, I never want to see another one of these again because yeah. I don't want something like this to happen again. Now, of course... That's not how life works. People will pass, but we hope and pray that it won't be someone so young um, like John. So. Yeah. Uh, literally, like, I would give this show an A+, plus if it were just a wrestling show. Take yeah. out all of the celebration of life. The pure wrestling of this match is some of the best I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. It's the number one match ever on Cage Match. So one show. That, yeah. should, that should definitely tell you something. Yeah. All of it was good. There was nothing bad. There were no detractors. Uh, other than the fact, of course, we had to lose Brody Lee to get it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It was his perfect show. I would say, just as a fan viewing it, it was not just a great wrestling show. It was not just a great tribute show. It was, it was both. Yeah. And it was really just fantastically put together. And if you aren't, if you coming at it not as a, a big fan of AEW, not really knowing who John Huber was, I feel like you could still enjoy the show and say, well, that was a good wrestling show. And obviously this was somebody who meant a lot to people. If you were coming at it as not a wrestling fan and you're not really here for the wrestling, but you're here because you are connected to John in some way, you're probably watch. I feel like you'd be watching this going, well, that was really well done. I really feel like they honored him, my yeah. friend, you know? So I just, it just, it managed to be both. And, and it just, it's just great. I like like you both said. Even if we were grading it as a wrestling show, yeah, there's nothing to take away from from it. I I just think this was just a great tribute, and it was it was respectful and it was honoring and it, it was very moving. Um, yeah, it was just great. Yeah, Ron SmackDown also has some tribute stuff. Um, WWE did the, of course, in memory that they always do. Um, but there were some really cool things, you know, Tom Phillips opened raw with this Monday. You know what that means? Drew McIntyre also said that a couple people did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is Luke Harper's thing. Um, lots of discus clotheslines uh, and on SmackDown, Big E's entire promo was just references to Brody. 
the whole thing. Was so, it? I didn't even notice. I, I haven't yeah. watched seen you SmackDown, but I have to watch back on that. Yeah, it was really great. He said that uh, he's going to defend his title from Rome to Rochester, uh, but he's talking about Rome, which is uh, outside of New York City, I believe it is, um, in Rochester, which is where he's from. He says he's going to def- defend it for all the little Amandas and Nolans of the world, which is his wife and his youngest son. He referenced the Toronto Maple Leafs, who is his favorite NHL team. Uh, it was, and he did all this in like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. I mean, Biggie's great. Um, yeah. We're recording this at 8.30 uh, in the evening on January 3rd. And I will tell you that the outpouring of love has not stopped for Brody Lee. There are still new stories, new tweets that are still coming out to this day. Um, Big E is someone that has just consistently put out multiple things, Miro as well. Um, so you, you can't miss it. Get on Twitter, go to basically any wrestler's Twitter account, and you'll be able to start that chain and fall down that beautiful, beautiful rabbit hole, uh, to remember the man that Brody Lee was. So that's what the show was about. Um, again, just a beautiful representation of who... Brody Lee, Luke Harper, John Huber was as a man, as a professional, um, just absolutely terrific. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for um, joining us on this episode, especially this episode. Um, if you want to add anything and say anything about Mr. Brody Lee, um, we will play it. You're more than welcome to uh, send it in to us. You can find out how to do that um, on Facebook. And uh, if you can't figure it out, just message me. I will I will be more than happy to share that. Um, and I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday season. We're officially back. We're back full time. We will have another episode this Friday reviewing the first week of Beach Bash. That Carol and I are going to be there live. Um, New York. Or not Beach Bash. New Year's Smash. New Year's Smash, yeah. Yes, yes. New Year's Smash. Um, we're going to be there live, so that'll be fun. And we yeah. hope you all have. An absolutely wonderful day. See ya. It's Monday. You know what that means.